Hey guys, again, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our show. And if you love what you see, and I know you do, please rate, review, and subscribe. It would mean so much to us. Yeah, it absolutely means the world to us. Helps us get out to a wider audience. Really just kept more people that we can help you with the show. Again, getting value. Check us out. Thank you again. So grateful to you. Well, hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Jason and Peely Project. Super excited for Multifamily Foundation today. We've got a great guest, Jason Pirro. Hey, Jason, how you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. I'm really happy to be here today. Well, I should have asked it, uh, Pirro. Did I say that correctly? Pero, but I, uh, but I, Pero. yeah. Pero, okay, well, good. I got it from here. And you started your real estate career back in 2001. Uh, him and his yeah. wife purchased the first duplex, but a, a portfolio of rental properties while working as a medical sales representative. So you're out there, you're taking action, you're really growing your business. Why having a full-time job, which is really something that uh, so many people are really pushed against to get away from their job. And then in 2012, you know, almost 11 years later, you decide to leave your job, but it wasn't until you had 300 units and yeah. that balancing the sales environment, a young family, a growing a real estate portfolio. I'm excited to have you today. Excited to talk about that. And right now today, there's a lot of fear in the market. There's a lot of people that are, that are sitting on the sideline because they don't know if they should get started, if the world's going to blow up or if it just comes back. Um, your properties, right? Talk about the landscape of your properties. You, you built them over 11 years and, and you've built, a, a, and I'm sure it's grown even you know, now as you continue to grow and continue to do this work. 2001 was not the safest time either, right? So, so there, there, there's not really the, the deemed safe time to get started, but we find the people who, who jump in with a plan in mind really are the ones who are ahead at the, as we have this big rise in place. So yeah. when you first got started, what was the draw to that duplex? Well, yeah, our first, uh, when we were starting out, I mean, the goal was simple. I just wanted to, you know, I mean, I was a few years out of college and wanted to become a millionaire. You know, I mean, it was the simplest goal at that time, but it, yeah. you know, I, I didn't know what that was. You know, I, I, I didn't have money. I, my family didn't have that kind of money. And I thought, well, this, this would be a great goal. And, and so, you know, long story short, just saw that the path that most millionaires or multimillionaires had was they also owned real, you know, they all owned some real estate. So, um, you know, went down that path, bought the first duplex, uh, closed on it like a week or two before nine 11. And of course we didn't know, no, wasn't nine 11 that, that, uh, was the problem for us here in Erie PA it was, you know, all the economic aftermath and, and that uncertainty and, you know, the wars and things like that that followed um, that caused some upheaval, you know, but we kept, you know, my wife and I both had day jobs, you know, we, we saved our money, followed, you know, the discipline of just doing it the old fashioned way, saving, um, saving up for down payments, putting that, you know, um, putting that down, buying a property, you know, and getting traditional bank financing. And, you know, we did that for several years and grew that portfolio, like you said, up to, 300 units in, in 2012 when, when I ultimately left my day job. Um, you know, we've since grown that, um, you know, we're up to about 900 units right now, 600 of which my wife and I just own together and 300 that we've syndicated. Um, we have 127 units that we are closing on in about a month. Um, right now, you know, we're mid April. Um, it'll be, you know, the closing dates targeted for May 18th. Um, and that'll put us over a thousand units all told. So we self-manage. So what we own together and then what we've syndicated, I'm the, you know, um, sponsor of the deal, the quarterback of the, of the situation. So, um, so that's, you know, uh, over a thousand units under our, under our ownership here. 
let's talk about that. The breakout of the, the size of your portfolio, yeah. we're, we're going from two to what's the largest uh, property? About 200 units. About 200 between. units. Yeah. So doing that, have you always self-managed? Yeah. 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 I, I, I didn't know any different. I mean, yeah. 20 years ago, I knew there was property management companies. Um, but I thought, well, why would I give up this money to somebody else that, you know, we, we were already, you know, early on we did everything ourselves. you know, from leasing mm -hmm. the units to mowing the lawns and, and things like that. Um, you know, and, and I'm not handy at all. You know, my wife will tell you, I'm probably the worst painter out there, but as we grew, you know, we were able to take on deals that came with a maintenance guy or came with a property manager and we were able yeah. to build a company. I just didn't know any different. And that's, um, and again, of course, if we invest out of our market, we would have to have, um, of course, a third party management company or, or build one. Um, but, but I really like that control of yeah. managing our own properties or is, or, every, is everything local is everything within range of you. What's the farthest property? Yeah. 15 miles. I 15 mean, miles. Yeah. That's super right. And so in our same County. Yeah. 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 So we've talked about that at, at a certain point, you know, but we, all of our properties are a thousand miles away. So right. it, it doesn't give us that angle, but, but starting there, you, you said it the best way. We didn't know any other way. Right? right. And so you get out and you figure it out. And sometimes not being handy is the best thing, right? Cause then you, you can't get stuck doing it. And I think that was the one, one of the main, we focus because we have heavy construction family background here. So we find that the closer things are, the more we, we get our hands in it. And then that yeah. just limits, limits everything. Right. All and right. so if you can use the powers go. So what are, what would have been some of the points here for people? Cause right now is a time, like people are yeah. going to have to look at it. You're either finding a way to increase income or, or lower expenses. Right. And so people are yeah. going to have to look at their properties hardlined. And some of them, if they didn't allocate correctly or maybe taken back property management, it just might be something they have to do. Give us some, talk track or some guidelines or some, some lessons learned on the property management side as the operator. Sure. Um, well, one of the, just to touch on, you know, something you said, you know, right now we're there, there's a lot of uncertainty in, in, the, in the market. Um, you know, something that really struck me as interesting, you know, a month ago and as everything's shutting down, you know, in early and mid March, all of a sudden there's all these syndicators talking about deferred payments with their lenders, forbearance, all this stuff. And I, that's a little bit premature. And in my mind, you know, if you're going to do big boy and big girl deals, you need to have your big boy and big girl pants on. Like, I'm, I'm like, you know, don't you have six or eight months of reserves already? I mean, if you're running that razor thin, I, I, but again, I know we were in a market where deals are so competitive. A lot of deals are razor thin that maybe that might, you know, that might pose some challenges for a lot of folks. But for us, you know, now the stuff we own together, I don't, I don't keep reserves like that. I mean, it's a different, different animal, but our syndications where we're, we have passive investors entrusting their hard earned money with us. Mm -hmm. We've got reserves four times like this. And, and, you know, truth be told, you know, we're, our collections are where they, where they always are at this point. And I think, you know, April was, is a, um, would be the ch most challenging month because, you know, in our market, at least, you know, unemployment compensation, um, you know, federal stimulus money allows people to pay for the basics. And if you, if you, run your own property management company and you treat people fairly and with kindness and compassion. And, you know, your tenants are generally going to pay the rent. I mean, mm -hmm. on a size of scale, you're always going to have one or two jokers that are going to try and game the system. But, you know, so now the coronavirus is the excuse that, it, you know, what's the excuse, you know, three, three months ago or three months from now, there's always going to be somebody trying to game the system. But, but I think if you treat people well and work with them together, we'll come out of this on the other side. Now I'm just, Speaking of my market, I mean, you know, yeah. San Francisco, San Diego, totally different story, <clears throat> you know, and I really feel bad for the owners that are suffering, but, but I think that, 
you know, at the end of the day, I said, look, if I have to go out and mow lawns again and lease my own apartments, that is what I will do before I ask my bank for, for a deferred payment. You know, and I kept thinking this analogy, right? And the analogy was, so my toe hurts, so I cut my foot off just to find I have a hangnail, right? And, I, <laughs> and I, it was like, it, there was such a, a harsh reaction, like fire employees on this point. Like if yeah. you're going to jump off and then you bring those employees back, if, if they, yeah. they find that every time that something gets tough, right, yeah. you're going to cut them loose. I mean, yeah. what's their commitment to be with you, right? Yeah. And you, ha- you have to look at your properties. We, we had no feedback. We had people getting be, told to be home. And that was it. And so people were going off the deep end. There was a lot of that. Um, and yeah, the same thing. We, we've had very strong collections for April. I think the, the thing that will come up is that if the stimulus money doesn't trickle out as quick as possible, and maybe unemployment may, may be but a little more challenging because people, especially if people get their stimulus check and they're not having a, a finite time when they go back to work, sure, maybe a little more challenging at that point. But the forbearance thing, you have to look at the, the, the reaction to that, right? So if you yeah. do that, um, is that going to help? Right. Cause if you're, is that really going to help you? Because you, that money, you, you're not like, that's not money that's washed away. It's not, it's not free. Yeah. It's not free. It's not like, Oh, it just, or we'll just put it in the end and watch what yeah. that now goes over 12 months. And there's a lot of restrictions to that oh, yeah. right there. If you go in there, it's, it's almost like a death sentence. So you that's have to be very careful. That. Yeah. If, okay. if you really are pushing that angle and I, and I knew eight or nine people that did it and yeah. the thought track to it, I, I don't know if there was, it was just, okay, it's here. We'll take it. They just, they just overreacted. And I think, yeah, you have to lead with a steady hand. I mean, our, um, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I, I, and it's again, just my opinion, but I think, you know, real estate, rental real estate, the multifamily game, whether it's single family homes or, or thousand unit complexes, mm-hmm. it's one of the most recession resistant investments yeah. there can be. And especially in a, in a market like ours in, in Western Pennsylvania and even secondary markets, you know, the, I mean, this isn't, you know, I mean, it's not San Francisco where your average rent is $5,000 a month or whatever, whatever it is right now. I mean, just, normal working class types of apartments. I mean, you have to lead with a steady hand, not only for your company and you can't overreact and fire people and go, go crazy. And you can't, but, but lenders have a long memory. And, and one of my friends in the business said to me, he said it best. He said, you know, these, what you're basically signaling to your lender is that you're insolvent. Like April hasn't even hit and you're asking for forgiveness on something that, so if it, maybe it's happened or maybe it hasn't happened, but what is that, signal that you're sending to the lender that either you're not as strong of an operator as you've, you've claimed yeah. you're insolvent. I mean, when you fill out these questionnaires, especially with agency debt, mm-hmm. they have it with our local banks too. You know, have you ever been, you know, behind on payments? You know, have you ever declared bankruptcy? All these things that, you know, I don't know that it, that it entirely, like if you're, if you're really in, like suffering and, and your deals are about to go belly up, I guess by all means you do what you can to try and, yeah. you know, save it. But I think for the vast majority of us, that's just, that's just, that's just a bad decision. Yeah. This is like small business overall too. Right. So, so some small business, unfortunately, this really put them over eyes, but there was other ones that just weren't going to make it anyway. Really. So, so at that point, like this just quickened the process, right. It's the same thing with apartment buildings. If, It, you, you have to look at a process and even, even now, right. If you're going in and the only way your project worked was that you were getting 400 hour rent bumps and you right. really at that point, that might've been a bad business plan from right. the start. You know, if that, that's the only, the only thing to go in there, yep. you, you got to think on that, right? The world has been good. It's been a long time since we felt a crunch, right? You know, I mean, yeah. 12, 13 years and now it's a crunch and could it, could it happen just a couple months and people get back? Sure. Could we have a blip in, you know, the end of the year? Sure. But we don't, we don't know. We really don't know. And to, to have these, the, the panic mode, right? Across the board, 
uh, your investors won't, won't like that either, right? If, you, if you're not keeping your head on straight, you know, at the second of anything. So right now is a time for, for patients and really just working with it. And you said the great point here is that if you go into there with the, with the start of buying these buildings to make them a better place to live, then your tenants are going to understand that, right? Because they're, they're, you, you are right. It, it is a recession proof because we still have a, a, a limit on housing compared to how many people need it, right? Yeah. And so when you think about that, okay, a lot of people get out of jobs. Maybe we'll have some decrease in, in, in our rent projections, right? But in that fact, where are all these people going to go? Like it, we're, we're sitting like, where you have you know, 80,000 people under the bridge in every town? Like where, where are all these people going? Right. And you think about that. So you've, you've built out your portfolio. And now how would your due diligence change for this 127 unit coming up? Is this um, an agency loan? Is this? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Actually, I got the text about five minutes before we jumped on that they finished. Uh, today was the appraisal and, and all, the, nice. all the party inspections. So yeah. Um, it was really interesting, you know, just a quick side note. I mean, they, they, everybody was geared up in, in their hazmat suits and protective gear, like, yeah. um, and, and, uh, they had tenants that, you know, were not there. And there were some tenants that they said, Hey, if they were there, they would FaceTime with the tenant and let the tenant walk through the, the unit with them. Oh, interesting. I found that really interesting. And, and yeah. then again, they just, you know, walked around and practiced, yeah. you know, proper social distancing and everything like that. But, um, you know, we, we entered into contract that are like, at the end of February, uh, did the due diligence period before everything kind of locked down. Um, you know, we tend to be pretty conservative on our, our rent pushes so that when we sell this to investors that like everything like I know that we'll be able to achieve becomes like a bonus. And they're like, Oh wow, this is so great. And then, then we're over, you know, under promising and over delivering yeah. um, rather than trying to make it fit. Um, you know, so, so there's, there are rent bumps in place, but even initially we said two, two and a half years to three years to push the rents, um, which to me seemed like a forever. I'm like, what this is, I said, this yes. is, this is stupid. Why would we take it out that far? But then a month later, you know, like coronavirus, you know, hits and like, well, man, thank God we said two or three years because then we're not under any pre immediate pressure to push those rents. And, yeah. and you know, we'll, uh, um, so it hasn't changed it a ton because we've, we've generally been, um, like, like for instance, this particular property, the average rents were, um, $650 and we're looking to push them to 750 when the competitive units in that particular, uh, area were, um, were like $890. So we'd still be like way below market. Now we'd say, Hey, what can we do to get these right up to the market? But we still try to underwrite very conservatively and this, you know, even during good times. So when we, we kind of went back and looked at our our analysis and said, you know, we don't need to change anything because we were so conservative and, and we, we took a long-term approach. So we're not under that gun to, you know, to, to push rents like in six months or a year, you know what I mean? So, yeah. And how do you, so the, the additional now reserves that are requiring for, for escrow, um, that that's not part of it. So that's, that's a different angle to look at. And, uh, yeah. so how, how are you treating that? Are you so, yeah. So for this particular deal, we got our term sheet before, Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. So they, honor, they said they would honor huh. the, um, what we had. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so we weren't really uh, not too phased by that. Now that that'll uh, our, our lender has said to us that, you know, it's hard to tell, but expect, expect some things to kind of peel back in over, over, you know, next like couple next months. but but yeah. all these people that are like asking for forbearance so i mean what do you think the lender's going to do then yeah like, exactly okay yeah. Well, okay if everybody wants forbearance we're going to ask you to have 18 months of reserves i mean what do they expect i mean they're yeah. 
you know, I, I just think that, that, that um, yeah, so that'll, that'll change on some future deals. But fortunately, in this case, we didn't, we didn't have to alter that. Uh, for a Yeah. Time. And I agree. Right. And so the reaction is to go off the cliff. The lenders are like, okay, we're going to make this as, as, as clear as possible to make this yeah. as safe as possible for, yeah. for, for them and for their right. investors. Right. But it will peel back unless the whole, you know, you got 50% of people go to forbearance exactly. and be like, well, maybe we need 24 months reserves, you know, and this, but it will peel back. You know, then they'll step back off the cliff. They'll say, okay, maybe what's, you know, we'll get back to six months or we'll get, you know, get three months or something at that point. Um, Cause that, that's a whole nother change to the game right there. Sure. You know? And to your point, I mean, you know, like when, when you're looking at a, uh, um, and maybe it is the right thing for these, these value add deals. I mean, a lot of people are really pushing the value add and pushing uh, appreciation over the last several years. Hmm. Um, and that never felt too risky to most people, but I'd hate to be in the middle of, of, of a heavy value add pro, uh, project at this very moment, you know, where maybe you're in the middle of interest only or a bridge loan, yeah. um, you know, and then the lenders like, geez, man, you know, they, 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 it's now it's going to take them two or three years to push the rents as opposed to the year that they told us. And, and so, um, so maybe it is a good thing, you know, especially if you're trying to push rents and still trying to, you know, up, up, uh, you know, mm. do these value add plays and, and, and improve properties and things like that. But, you know, I just, I think it always pays to be conservative when you're, when you're underwriting and, and plan for the worst and, and yeah. expect the best. And I agree. And the, the, the one thing to, to take into account of that, if you're going into properties right now, you know, the, the, the want to really just kick everybody out and really get that rent bump and change the landscape yeah. of the property. Well, the tenant base might be a great tenant base. They would just offer less rent, right? So if you can get a $50 rent bump instead of a $100 rent bump and not have to turn the unit and put that CapEx money mail, that might be a great option right now. You'll limit yourself on the downside of putting all that capital out just for, you know, 50 bucks more. Um, now, and you, you also... You, how was how was your approach back when we started having 2008, 2009, 2010 compared to compared to your thought process now? I mean, you guys are still active, you're still going out there. You know, we're still active, looking for the right opportunities. Yeah. But, but it, what has your mindset changed in the last yeah. 12 years? Yeah, I mean, um, a lot of the things, you know, the, the fundamentals of my you know, my mindset are, are the same. You know, just yeah. continuing to try and develop myself. You know, make make sure that I'm like cool, calm, collected, and, and, mm -hmm. you know, kind of coming, coming from a place of, of, I don't want to say of Zen, but, you know, trying to be very, very yeah. balanced. And, and yeah. um, so, so that approach hasn't changed because I think like, you know, you have to control what you can control. Um, so, you know, it's about managing yourself and, and, you know, I, I mean, I love watching, uh, you know, your guys' fitness videos online. That, that's like <laughs> 10 times more important than sitting around and analyzing deals is making sure that your mind and, and body are fit. Yeah. Um, so, so that, that, hasn't changed. And I think that's like times like this is where it's even more important to take care of yourself so that, cause it's not just about like having strong relationships with, with, you know, lenders or wholesalers or, or brokers or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a given in good times and bad. You have to have strong relationships, but you have to, you have to take care of yourself. But when, when the world started going, you know, when, when everything was melting down and, you know, the housing crisis and, and all the aftermath of that in, in 2007 and eight, the, um, you know, at the time we both had day jobs. So we both had really strong incomes. Yeah. Um, so we're still in this building mode of our business. So I think if somebody right now has that goal of, Hey, I'm going to leave my day job. I mean, I still had that goal and it didn't change. I was ready to walk away back then. But you know, when you're dealing with lenders, um, especially on, on smaller properties, you know, agency deals are a little bit differently looked at a little different, but mm. if you're talking to your local or regional bank, I mean, their concern, you know, 12 years ago was like, well, Jason, you're going to walk away from this job where you're making all this money um, to, to, to run your rental business. And, and again, yeah. what's changed, you know, is I'm a lot more confident now 
than I was 12 years ago. I would, you know, say, well, yeah, because I, I believe in myself and believe in my business. But at the time, you know, I think if somebody has a job right now, don't, don't just rush to leave the job. I mean, make sure that you have safeguards in place. I mean, this will make mm-hmm. sure that you know, times like this, Hey, do I have six or 12 months of, of reserves for, for, you know, my personal life? Do I have my business set up in a way that will pay me and sustain me and my family, even, you know, even with a pullback or even with, you know, some, some disruption and, and those are, but those are good lessons, you know, irrespective of whether there's a, a, a you know, worldwide crisis going on. But, you know, when, when that happened, there was a ton of opportunity that came out after, you know, after 08, you know, we started taking advantage of all these REOs. So there was all these single family, you know, two, three, four unit foreclosures. So we're buying stuff for dirt cheap, mm. putting money into it, fixing them up. And, and then, you know, just doing the burr method before it was, before it had a, a, a name, it. you know? And, and yeah. um, so I think there's just, there'll be a ton of opportunity. And so um, I think that still working on ourselves, working on our business again, trying to be steady and stable through these times, because, you know, when, when a lender looks at you and says, you know what, Hey, J- Jason was stable and steady throughout the you know, coronavirus crisis. He was steady and stable throughout 2008. They tend to want to work with you more because they're not yeah. worried about you like, you know, going belly up. Um, and it's just going to make the good times that much better. So, so I really think that that's, you know, it's times like this where it's, you know, if you have this like scarcity mindset, that's a time to like really try and try and, you know, work on, on an abundance mindset, work on not being afraid, but rather, um, trying to be open to the opportunities that are going to be out there. Yeah. And you're, you're absolutely right. The, the entire part about, you know, mental fortitude and just really improving health. Well, that builds clarity for everything else that goes out there. And if you're going to sit there and say, I can't, I can't, I can't, well, that's going to really push forward to your investments as well. And then you're going to look for, okay, what's the weakest place that I can get myself out of and saying, well, okay, why can't I? Right. And then just finding, okay, well, well, how, how am I going to do that? Just changing that, that wording in your mind. I mean, that powers through, you know, like I run a ton, not every day I want to run, but I just do, you know, and that's just like, it's just, okay, I'm just, I said, I'm gonna do it. So I'm just going to do it. And that powers through and, you know, some days are more fun than others. And, but that's just part of it. Right. And it's the same thing with buying apartment buildings. You got a hundred, 200, 300 people living in an apartment building. No, it's not going to go perfect. (laughs) And if you ever thought it was like, I'm sorry, it's, here's, here's the lesson to you today. It's not going to go perfect. But if you, if you control as much as you control and you have that point, then when these things sidelined, you have the right team around you, you'll crush it. So I mean, Jason been a huge lesson today. I mean, super great. Um, Where where do you go from here? What's the next, um, if you think like this next two, three years look like from the landscape of your property, your property um, operations? Sure. And what what I've been doing the last few years and I'm going to continue with is just um, as we add to our portfolio, you know, trimming off some of the bottom, you know, some of the smaller properties. So um, what I've done is what a lot of other guys have done for, for myself and my wife is, you know, being a mentor to others. So, um, you know, some of these guys have have bought property from me and and I'm owner financing that. Um, That was a great start for me when I had guys that were, you know, 20 years or 15 years ahead of me in the business. Um, And so that's a ton of fun, you know, because seeing, seeing some of these guys that are starting out really come into their own and, and, and starting to build their businesses. So, so I enjoy that. But at the same time, you know, we are, you know, expanding our syndication business. We're still buying things strategically our, ourselves that we enjoy. So I'm just going to continue to work on that and see where it goes. I mean, we have uh, a couple other markets that we're going to going to explore after Erie because we, um, you know, we sort of get into getting to the point where we start running out of 
property to buy here. So we either have to do a ground up construction um, or, or pick that next market that we're going to jump into. But that's awesome. we've been lucky enough to do it all in our backyard right now. So. Uh, that's incredible. Well, Jason, for others that want to find out more about you, uh, connect with you, where's the best place to find you? Yep. Uh, anybody can connect with me on, on Facebook or through my website, parallelrealestate.com. Um, always happy to jump on, you know, just like a free 15, 20 minute strategy call. Um, they can go on calendly.com forward slash Jason Perro and just, you know, we can hop on and talk real estate. I'm, I try to make myself accessible and whether it's somebody just brand new and, and they want some advice or somebody that's been in it for 20, 30 years and wants to just talk shop, always happy to connect with people. Well, Jason, this has been awesome. Just yeah. learning about how you grew your portfolio, just really the steps you've taken to really just continue to be consistent throughout how you guys have scaled up from the smaller properties into the bigger properties and really just expand it. And I, even a talk track now about, about helping others and this really what that means to you. Super show. Thanks so much for coming on. Awesome. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. And so Jason with the Jason and Peely Project, thanks so much for checking us out. Multifamily Foundation today. We had Jason Perro on the show, just really crushing it. And if you like what you hear, go down there, hit that subscribe button, give us a ratings and review. I'm sure Jason, just the other Jason will get a five star. If I'm not ready for that five star, that's cool too. Tell us what you want. Tell us what we can do better. We want to hear from you. Thanks so much again. Talk to you shortly. Join us for your second cup of coffee every Monday through Friday at noon. Live every day brings us our best content we've done so far. Super excited, super engaging, bunch of great guests. We're here to answer your questions and we so appreciate you listening. Make sure to check this out. Can't wait to see you.